Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast, the summer series, featuring discussions by Re and other members of our community as part of Coffee Talk, presented for the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. To learn more about IDEA, visit ideadance.org. Season 3 for Regold's Dance Life Podcast will be back at the end of summer. Enjoy this bonus Coffee Talk series. Take it away, Re. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Coffee Talk. Today we're going to hang out with June Lawrence and Jennifer Randall, and we're going to focus in on social media marketing and some strategies that we could all use right now, I'm sure. A couple of announcements. First, welcome, Miss June. Hello. Nice to see you. Nice to be here. Thanks for uh, being my co-host today. I'm looking forward to it. Miss June, tell everybody, most everybody knows who you are, but tell everybody where you're from and where your school is. Okay, hi everybody. I'm from Mississauga, Ontario. That's in Canada. And uh, I've been a studio owner for 37 years. And I'm excited to be here as an IDEA member. So, Miss June, before we start talking social media, you up in Canada have had even more of a struggle, is the best way for me to say it, than your U.S. counterparts. Tell us what the last year's been like for you. Well, we had uh, just September and October and a little bit of November in studio last year. We were online teaching from November 23rd right the way through. So this September is my first time back in studio. So that's pretty cool. We're still restricted with the number of students that we can have in class. So that is having an effect on us. Like normally we would have 15 <clears throat> because of my size of my studio. I'm restricted to eight or 10, depending on the room. So that's been a challenge. Um, and we just introduced today starts age 18 plus dancers will have to show proof of vaccine in order to participate in a dance class. So that comes into play. Your rule or the government's rule? It's the government's rule. The government's rule. What's so 18 plus to participate. In, in my studio, great. Everybody's showing me their proof. Here you go. Here you go. Uh, I just had two people that said we're not vaccinated. And so they were refunded their money. So that's it so far. So I think the, the hope is that we're creating a safer environment that people can feel comfortable, which hopefully will stop us from going into a future lockdown, because I, I don't want to even think about another lockdown where we have to transition back to Zoom. We'll do it, but I don't want to do it. How is this year's registration? Are the parents in Canada still hesitant or are they ready for this? Some are hesitant, but a lot are ready. I've, we have two-year-olds now. We didn't have two-year-olds in person last year. So twos, threes, and fours, uh, the classes are close to being full. For the fours, I had to open two more classes. And the fives for ballet, I, I'm looking at opening up a third class. So that's good. The younger parents are ready to have their kids be active and do something, which is nice. And the adults are coming out of the woodwork. We didn't have very many in person last year. 
Um, and people who were with us at the start of COVID who stopped dancing are now starting to come back. So that's a good thing. I think it'll take well into the fall to get people um, coming back and to get people enrolling. And we won't stop enrolling. I think that's an important point to make, especially uh, our all our members. I think that registration is going to continue over the next four months and that we shouldn't think if we are, because I know many people have changed their thinking, uh, registration is over. I think we should be pushing and marketing that we're open and classes are open for the next, I don't know, several months. I think you're going to see more parents feel more comfortable with their children being in groups of other kids and vaccinations for kids are changing. I just feel like this is going to be a growth, uh, consistent growth, I whether you're you. down or up. You we are up from where from where we were last year for sure. Like we we ended with uh, a small amount of people, so we've risen up from there. I absolutely agree with you, and even trying some short term classes. Or I know some of our idea members are bringing the kids into the full season classes, but letting them just do a monthly fee, so you can stop after a month. So that so just to fill that class, if you don't want to keep going, you don't have to. Just stay for the month. But most of them, I think, will stay. So were there moments over this last year and a half? And and for our U.S. members, uh, first, before I ask this question, tell them how many months you were actually open for class before this season started. Two and a half. Two and a half months. How did you keep yourself from throwing in the towel or saying I'm I'm done? Um, I had weekly staff meetings with my team and either they all showed up or one or two showed up, but just keeping that connection going, um, coming up with new ideas. We did some Zoom parties with the kids. I had created a student leader group where they read stories to kids. Um, I visited, popped into the Zoom classes, um, just keeping it going because it didn't occur to me to stop. What would I do if I stopped? I just wanted to keep it going. And I heard from my teachers that the kids, especially our competitive ones, really want to keep trying and really wanted that opportunity to compete. So, you know, we were, okay, we're going to put it out for May. And then I got pushed to June and then I got pushed to July. And we're about to do one in three weeks at the end of October from that's like a two-year-old competition. And we did two at the end of summer. So, you know, just, just hanging in together, community. We did, a, a, a cost, our costume pickup was a drive-by. So even though we were on Zoom, we got to see the parents and the kids as they dropped by, we threw the costume in the trunk. Our photo day was a drive-by photo shoot. Literally at the back of the studio, we put out the photo tent and the car drove up. Out came the kid onto the purple carpet, took the picture back in the car and away you go. If they had another costume, they had to drive around, they changed it in the parking lot. So this went on all day and that's how we did. So we got the connection there. We weren't in person for classes, but we were still able to see our, our kids and their parents. 
You've done good, Miss June, along with Thank all you. of our Canadian members. As you know, we've, we've been talking a lot over the last year and a half. And I could feel, I was feeling the same emotions as all of our Canadian members because I felt like each time we would have the meeting, it didn't change much. It, the people were still dealing with uh, tough circumstances. It took months. Uh, but now I wanted I to add that the, the, the financial support that we're getting from our government helped definitely if we didn't have that it would be a, a totally different story so coming into this fall that's slowly going to peter out so our hope is that the restrictions that we have to earn money will be lifted so that we can bring more kids and uh, uh, have have stronger classes or bigger classes we're all rooting for you miss june thank you so before we bring in Jennifer, I would like to ask our viewers today to type in the comments and let me know who's here and where you're from. And also, uh, as we're going along today, feel free to ask questions pertaining to social media marketing. And uh, let's bring in Jennifer Randall. Hello. Hello, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. I love jumping on these and I, I mean, social media is my thing. So I can't wait. Throw, all, throw everything you got at me. I, I love having you because <laughs> you're always so upbeat and happy and tell everybody what time it is where you are. It is 8, 11 in the morning. <laughs> and you're in Portland? Uh, Seattle. So close. Seattle. Yeah, same. Mm hmm Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's still dark out, so thank God for like you know ring lights. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> Thanks. So Jennifer, uh, just because I know this about you, uh, you once owned a studio. <clears throat> I did. Yeah, I owned a studio for twelve years. Tell us. Uh, it was. Um, it's a ride. Obviously, you guys know it's a ride. I moved to Seattle and opened a studio and um, grew it to, you know, we moved locations bigger and bigger. And um, I had three little kids at the time, so it was busy. Um, but I, I realized pretty quickly as they were getting older that I was just doing all the admin work. I wasn't doing any of the teaching, which I love to do. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, one of my teachers who had been working with me for four years, um, I knew she was getting ready, you know, as they all do to either jump off and, and start their own or just, you know, kind of leave and go do something else again. Um, and I asked her just kind of randomly, I said, Hey, um, would you be interested in buying the studio? And, and she was over the moon, like, yes, a hundred percent. I don't think I was really ready to let go. But at that point I was like, when is this opportunity going to come around again, right? And so I'm like, it, do I jump? Do I make it? I don't know. It turned out to be a great thing. Um, I love marketing. I love social media. Um, I was an early adopter to online marketing when it came out. Um, <clears throat> Groupons, daily deals. Like I was like, there's gotta be a way to make this work to get in front of more people. Um, so I would try everything. And then when I sold the studio, I just started helping my friends 
um, with their marketing and social media stuff. And then it just kind of, it kind of turned into this and I'm like, awesome. I get to do this every day. <laughs> it is awesome. And it's awesome that you have that background. So you really, I don't know, what do I want to say? You can feel what the client's needs are. Your instinct is good. Yeah. Um, thanks. Cheers to uh, a really awesome coffee talk, everybody. And June and I have matching mugs. <laughs> I don't know if we plan that or not. So, Jennifer, mm -hmm. I'm thinking that there are so many options out there across social media right now of what I could be doing to promote or market my studio based on where we are right now, because it changes so often, what do you think is my best option if I only had a limited amount of time or budget to get going on my marketing? What would you say is my best option or working the best at this time for studio owners? So two things. One, if you choose to go organic, like non-paid, uh, consistency and sticking with uh, your your niche or niche, however you want to say it, is going to be really, really important. Um, an example would be if you go to a restaurant one day and they're serving pizza, but then you go and it was awesome and you go back to the restaurant again the next day, but they're serving pasta. And then you go back the next day and they're serving like ice cream, right? There's no consistency and you never know what you're going to get. Um, and so if you are consistent and you show up on social, like if your word of the day or month is community, that's what your, your organic, your social post should be that month. It should be everything around community, uh, and, and just not straying too far from that. Um, as far as paid, uh, it depends on what season you are in. Um, I think if you are, if you have the budget, you, we should always be running an awareness or an engagement ad, ad campaign. Something that you're always, the message isn't always register now, register, re register now, register now. The message is either here's, here's, here's who we are, here's what we do, um, and here's how we do it. Like what makes you different? So th those three things is, is something that's important for that, that or, um, paid messaging. Uh, yeah. Okay. What's your perception of consistency when it comes to a dance studio and social media? So for us, consistency looks like posting every day having a scheduled post every day at exactly the same time every day. Um, that's, that's really going to help the algorithm. No, like it, it, the algorithm goes, okay, this person is posting every single day and they are very, they're consistent. It's the exact same time. And the algorithm goes, okay, we're going to start pushing this information into people's feeds instead of uh, them having to come look for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we're now, I'm considering, uh, I'm hoping you, you heard June and I earlier uh, discussing that 
this registration or this season's registration is probably going to be very long and last for several months. So based on that season and being in it, a registration mode, give me some suggestions on either paid or organic that will hopefully attract students. Yeah, so same thing, um, both paid and organic, focus on the classes that need that extra boost instead of doing a blanketed register now and really focus on like 10 to 14 days because that's how long you, you need to have an ad running to, to, to be cost effective, at, I mean, at all. The it's gonna take the algorithm like 72 hours, three days to really figure out who it put it in front of. And then once that happens, there's always gonna be some tweaking that goes along with it. And so if, if you're only running something for five to seven days, it just isn't gonna be, it's not gonna be worth your, your, the money and you're not going to see the results that you are hoping to see. But if you are tracking you know, specific classes, you can really target the, those parents and that message a lot better than if you're just doing a blanketed register now, because the needs of a parent who is 14 are completely different than the needs of a parent who has a four-year-old child, right? So um, if I'm speaking to a four to six-year-old class, I can speak to, in my copy and in, and in the graphic, we can speak to, you know, uh, is nap time a struggle? Do you need to tire your children out? Um, you know, those kind of things. Whereas you, you can't, you can't do that with a parent of a 14 year old. All good ideas. Yeah. Really? Uh, June, you have a question. Yes. The, the look of the post, cause I can go a little Canva crazy <laughs> and, uh, Yes, I use my colors, but should the look of the post change every single time or should you try to have some sort of consistency there? Well, so I would say keep your branding colors always. Always use your branding colors unless it's a video or, or a photo of a, a child in class or an actual class and then just put your logo on it. Um, you can put some text over that as well. The things that are performing really well right now are video. And that could be anything, really. It could be a Canva um, animated, anything animated in Canva is considered a video. So you could do that as well. Um, and we've just been testing this out with some of my clients, but ads that have zero graphics and it's just text, like moving text um, are performing way better than than anything else right now. Again, test it out um, for you in your area, but I would say stick with video right now. I wanna do a little follow-up on that. Then I have a question from one of our IDEA members. Mm -hmm. I, I could have got this wrong, but I think earlier in the year, you and I were talking, and one of the things that you said that I thought was really interesting that sometimes I know it's not video, but those that are doing graphics, not to have any text on the graphic and it just be an organic photo. Am I, do I have that right? Yes. 
So uh, six months ago, yes, that was correct. Oh, okay. That's why we're having this. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was correct. I, and that's what was performing better uh, was literally just a photo where it was, you could scroll past it and it looked like your friends um, was posting a photo, right? So it looked like it wasn't an ad. Uh, just recently, I, I can tell you with our, with our stuff, um, zero photos, moving text is performing better than the photo or video. So again, you got to test it out. I know it could, Wait, obviously so it'll change again. I want to make sure I hear this right. Zero photos and moving text, which we can make happen in Canva. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Try it out. See. Okay. Again, I, I test everything. I always test everything. Um, but in four of the five clients that we tested those ads out, the just moving text um, performed better than the photo of a child in class. Can I ask what numbers we should be looking at? So when you're looking, like us as lay people, when we go in there and look at our social media, what numbers are important to look at? Yeah, great question. So when you are in your ads manager and you're looking in stats, um, frequency is uh, one of the first things I look at. If your frequency is above two, it just means that it's time to switch the ad up because that ad has gotten in front of somebody more than two times and they haven't taken any action on it. So repetitiveness is fine, um, but after you hit two, it really kind of, the cost per ad is going to go up instead of level out or stay down. Um, the other one that I go in and I look for is at the ad level. Um, and there's three rankings in there. There's quality, engagement, and um, uh, uh, why can't I, I uh, conversion, sorry. I wanted to say connect, connecting. <laughs> you guys have me on your word for the week community. <laughs> um, okay, anyway, uh, quality, engagement, and conversion. The quality one, I, I just completely disregard because it's a bot that's scanning the, the photo and your ad and saying it's a quality ad. That it doesn't, that doesn't really know or understand local businesses. And so um, I just completely disregard that one. The uh, engagement ranking should be average or above average. If it's coming up below average, um, that just means that you need to switch up your graphics. The graphic is just not testing well. People are not resonating with whatever that photo or graphic is. And then the conversion ranking, um, same thing. That one, we want it to be average or above average. If it's below average, we need to switch up the copy or the headline because it's not getting people to take action. It's not getting the conversion that we want. So um, those are really the three that I go in and look at. I mean, obviously you're gonna go in and look at how much is is you know this ad costing me per click, um, and that one I take with again, it, it that one is very subjective because every student is worth X amount of dollars for every studio. Every, every student is a little bit different, so sometimes, especially if I'm running a lead ad or a messenger ad, 
Um, sometimes I'm willing to spend $4 for a click if I know that those are high quality leads. Um, because I know that, that that student is, when they sign up, is worth 60 bucks. So of course I'd spend $4 to get the student, right? Um, but if you're running a engagement ad, something where you're not collecting high quality leads, you really wanna just, you should be spending less than $1.50 per click. Okay. Now, do those numbers apply even if we're not doing advertisements? Like if we're just doing organic, are we still looking at those same numbers? Um, well, it depends. Organ organic, you're not going to get stats. Organic, I would go in and look at your post, right? Um, because you go into your insights on your Facebook page and really just dive into, you'll be surprised sometimes which posts are performing well because it's probably not something that you would have, I mean, it's it, the you know, you're shaking. Yeah, you're shaking your head. Yes. But it's funny because we could spend, like you said, the Canva black hole. It's a real thing. And you, you, you poke real posts, this amazing post, like this graphic. And you're like, yes, it took me 45 minutes. This graphic is awesome. And I love it. And then there's like zero engagement. But you'll post something of you working behind a desk and it's gone viral or something. Like you just, you just never know. Um, and so go in and just kind of, I would say go in, if you don't go in once a week, go in every other week and just kind of look and see what are my people resonating with right now? Because that's what I need to be posting more of. So, so true. So some of our members have questions here. Uh, first one, and I'm curious to hear what your response is. What's the best time of the day to be posting? That is different for everyone. So if you, you going to say, if you go into your page and on your insights, you, there's, a, there's a setting in there that will show you when most, almost all of your followers are online. So for some people, that's going to be four o'clock in the afternoon. For some people, it's going to be nine o'clock um, in the morning. And it really just depends. So I would say um, post an hour or 45 minutes before that peak time. For those who are listening, um, where do they go if they've never done this? Where do they go to find insights? So when you're on your Facebook page on the far left side, you just scroll down and there will be um, a little tab there that says insights. If you click on that, it'll open up another page. Um, and on the left-hand side of that page as well, there's going to be a bunch of options for you. Um, if you go to posts, um, it will pull up that graph. And then you will also see all of your, your posts as well, just all right there. And you'll see which ones are performing. Is there a value, this is from Ashley, is there a value to choosing people who are likely to message when boosting? Likely to message. Okay. Um, you mean in, in the audience section? Yeah. Um, I, I always say test it out. I will, I will with, when I'm setting up ads for a messenger, um, I will always go with, um, uh, high volume because our audiences, the radius is so small. We're not 
we're not marketing to, you know, like a, a huge demographic. Um, so I usually will keep that high intent or like as many messages as possible um, instead of people likely to message because um, we really want to get, we want to get people in there. Uh, we just don't have a huge pool to choose from. Okay. Um, when posting an ad, is it helpful or not helpful to add a post above the photo video? Uh, so I guess the question is, should we put anything out there without having text post with it? Text post. I guess I don't understand the question. <laughs> do I, do I, am I smarter not putting any text in there and just putting out the video or the graphic or should I have a post? I think is the question. I got it. Okay. Yes. Uh, no, you definitely want copy because you want some call to action, right? Um, <clears throat> a lot of times either if the videos, people, and don't worry about sound either because people are not usually watching videos with the sound on. So um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that all. I wouldn't do a voiceover in a video for sure because no one's gonna hear it. Um, so you want to have some copy as well as a graphic because sometimes people will stop on it and go, oh, this is kind of interesting. Let me learn more before they actually take that call to action and click on it to, you know, go to Messenger or go to your website. Like there, usually people will stop and and kind of very rarely will people look at something for three seconds and then go click. Okay, so I know we're going to talk about this at the Idea Summit next month, but. Talk to me about that copy, that post. How long should it be? And should I use when I can the options to bold text and do all of those things? Tell me about the copy for a post. Yeah, so I would say and copy for post or ad, very similar. Uh, start with a hook, a, a benefit, and then a call to action. Uh, most of the time, and this is this is just local businesses in general, we're constantly pushing our stuff. Here's what so-and-so did. Here's what we are doing. Here's um, this. Here's that. Instead of sitting in your seat and going, um, what, does, what does the person that I'm putting this in front of want to know? Not what I want them to know. What do they want to know, right? Um, and that hook is, like I said earlier, you know, if you're, if you're marketing to the, the younger ones, it's what is one of their biggest pain points right now? Maybe it really is getting their, their kid to take a nap. They need to tire them out, right? So that hook is going to be, um, let us tire your ch child out for you, right? Because that's, that's a real life problem for them. <laughs> well, you brought then, that up a couple times. So I want to ask, and then you go on. Yeah. Is that a good one right now? Like, is uh, that? That actually is performing really well for one of my clients right now. But here's the thing. I told her to do some work. And this is where, um, you know, you can have your staff or your admin or anyone do it. But literally just have when your parents come through or send out a, a you know a message or or an email 
or call them or text them, whatever you want to do. I pick 10 to 12, 10 to 10 to whatever parents, I don't care. Ask them, hey, how's it going? What's your biggest struggle today? And you will be so surprised what it is. And you'll be able to work that in to, you know, your classes and your copy. But most of the time, we are so busy pushing information in front of people that we're like, our, our, we're not getting any organic reach. And it's because your copy is not speaking to them. You're speaking at them. Uh, we're not, we're telling them what we want them. We're telling them what we want them to know, not what they want to know about us. They don't care about our, how many awards we had. They don't care about, you know, our history. They don't care you know, about our competition team really for speaking to that a specific type of parent. They want to know, you know, what can you do for me? Give me an example other than uh, you tie it, but let's let me tie Have it. You? Tie <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Here, here's a good one for the other demographic. Um, have you seen your child's face lately or are they stuck on their screen? Uh -huh. <laughs> just a different demographic I mean you you're we're, we're taking a problem that they have or something that they're you know that's going on in their life and and we're 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 solving it for them yeah I don't have the words but a shy child would be the same it's your, yes. your child the child who doesn't make friends easily or who's shy Mm -hmm. Yes, but along those same lines, see if we just step outside yeah. the box, then you can really get into that, um, that, that, that one hook is all it's going to take for that person to stop and go, whoa, they really get me. Like I was just thinking that. Need to get your grocery shopping done? We'll give you an hour. Yes, right? But you know what? That's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Want to finish that book you were reading? from six months ago. Um, yeah. So <laughs> solve a problem. Yes. Idea members, think about that. Each time you put something out there, how can you solve a problem here? How can you make life easier for the parent? Yeah. And just start asking your parents and keep a spreadsheet list of them. And then all you have to do is go back and pick one and you're ready to go. I love it. I love it. Uh, Miss June, you have any other questions? Um, I think I think Jennifer covered most of it. Um, oh, I, I've got another question. Instagram, Facebook. Are we posting what we post uh, on both at the same time, the same or Facebook oh. in the morning, Instagram in the afternoon? I'd post them at the same time. You can look at your Instagram insights as well as and, and go back and see, are my people on about the same time as they're on on Facebook? If so, great. Um, if not, then then switch it up a little bit. But you can, you can schedule those for two separate times. Um, and then I would, I would post the same things. Uh, if you really want to target Instagram, there's a ton of changes coming through um, Instagram in the next couple months. So uh, there's going to be a ton of bugs, like I noticed a couple yesterday, uh, but posting the same thing on both is, isn't, going to, isn't going to hurt you at all. 
Um, I would just, if you're trying to use Instagram to get the older kids, I would use stories quite frequently during the day. Mm -hmm. So uh, say that again. I was if you're trying, yeah, if you're trying to target Instagram for the older students, um, I would use more stories and worry less about my feed. Okay. So that's where I wanted to go with you is Instagram and Facebook. Would you say those are my two top that I should be focusing on or am I missing out if I'm not somewhere else? I think those are where you're going to see parents taking action. You can be on TikTok. You can, you can do even Snapchat if you want, um, but those aren't going to be the people registering for classes. It's going to be the students on those, right? And so they're not the action takers. They're, it, it will be fun. If you have time, you can definitely do it. Um, but <laughs> when I, I asked the question, I was thinking most people are like, should I do Facebook or Instagram? I only have time for one. So you make me laugh when you say, well, if you have time. <laughs> so, so I would say if your studio is made up of younger students, I would stay on Facebook because those parents are on Facebook. However, the super young students, like two to three, even the, the babies, those parents are on Instagram. So, um, mm. yeah, I, it's, it's, uh, it, we're starting to get that the parents now are on both, um, which is great because then we don't have to really switch up our message, right? Our message used to have to switch on Facebook and Instagram because we were talking to the kids on Instagram and the parents on Facebook. Now we are, we're talking to parents on both. I would say if you love doing the fun little TikTok things, move all that over into reels on Instagram. It's exactly the same as TikTok. Um, and reels right now is where you are going to just explode because they want people using reels. So I would, I would move that way. Tell everybody <clears throat> who may not know what is a reel. It is a short 60 second clip um, and you could do video. You can, um, there's tons of audio that you can save and use. Some of them are voiceovers. Um, they don't have to, you don't have to be dancing every time. I think people think that TikTok and Reels, like you have to be on camera like this. You could easily do a, um, a time-lapse maybe of a how-to like tying a, a ballet shoe and cutting off the laces and tucking them under and do a little bit of text on it. So parents are like, how to, blah, blah, blah. And then throw that up as a reel. Um, anything, it, it could be up to 60 seconds. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, the kids are gone from Facebook. Do I have that right? That is correct. Okay. So on Facebook, uh, should I be doing stories or should I be doing my you're video and uh, picture posts? Your stories will um, sync. 
so if you do a story on Instagram, it'll just sync over to Facebook. I don't really know that many people who are watching stories um, on Facebook. Mostly on Facebook, people are scrolling up, you know, up and down. Uh, Instagram, it's horizontal stories first, but I don't, it's, that's still, that's still true. So what is that? Do, is there, do you have, is there logic to the fact that somebody's going up and down on Facebook and side to side on Instagram is, or it's just. I, I think that's just the way it, it, it is. I, I don't know. I, I, that one, I don't know. It could change, but that's still true. Okay, uh, you're getting some nice compliments here. Jennifer is always full of amazing tips and tricks. Thank you. That's coming from Laura. Uh, good comments and questions here today. As we close this out, um, what are your, uh, how do I want to say it? What are your tricks of the trade that you might suggest that I do over the next month or so? And what, what could I experiment with? Um, okay, so I would say just to be consistent, go into Canva, label your design, whatever your month is, and then pick out 20 templates that you just love and just create them all. And then you have all your posts created for however days, many days you want to create, and that's your month. So getting organized that way is really going to cut down on. <laughs> on I love on that. I think you Canva. should say it again, my friend. <laughs> getting get organized. <laughs> just get your whole month done. And just don't, I mean, don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. It used to be um, quality over quantity and I truly believe it's quantity over quality because the more you do it the better you're going to get at it the easier it's going to be it's not going to take forever to do it um and then don't stress have fun with it right so it's it, social media is always going to change like it's that's just the nature of it it's always going to evolve um don't stress and and for anyone who's doing hashtags right now, stop stressing about hashtags because um, they're not, <laughs> last week they came out with, they're not helping you or hurting you anymore. They're just, they are what they are. So just run with it. Okay, so that that left me with the question. So you're telling me that is it that's not just for Facebook because we really didn't use hashtags, but I know in Instagram we were told to be on the hashtag roll. You're now saying yeah. yeah, don't stress about them. They're not hurting you or helping you anymore. Wow. Yeah. So maybe There's... we could do this once once a month and you can just do <laughs> updates for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let's drive that point home is that social media is always evolving. And mm -hmm. we could have had a seminar a year ago all about Facebook and all these cool things you can do. And three quarters of those things have changed. Mm -hmm. yeah. So 
you have to spend some time staying on top of it or get somebody to do that for you. Yeah. Or just track it. I think that's the biggest thing is make sure you know, if you walk away with anything today, make sure you know what the end goal is for what you're doing. Because if you don't know what that end goal is, then it's, you just, you can't track it. We, you can't see if it's working. You don't, you have no idea, right? Um, posting just a post isn't, isn't going to help you with your organic reach or, or get people that you want into your studio. You really have to know what is the goal this month? What am I gonna focus, what am I going to focus on? And, and run from there, work backwards. Miss June, any final words of wisdom or thoughts you'd like to share? I enjoyed listening to this, Jennifer, because it just puts it all in perspective, slows it down a little bit. Don't be so stressed about it. Get it planned, but do it. I, I see, talk to a lot of studio owners who say, oh, I've got to get going on Facebook. If you could just get going and be consistent, like you say, plan it hand it off to somebody else. It makes a difference because it sets up that picture of your business for everybody. And then when you're ready to do some advertising, am I right? If you've been consistent, Facebook will like you better and they'll push your, your ads more because they're like, oh, she's been doing this all along. So thank you for the reminder. Yeah, yeah. and they're not just pushing your ads. It's because you have been consistent and they already know who is interacting with your page. So it's much, much easier for the algorithm to work and you're just going to get and overall it's going to be a better campaign awesomeness thank you jennifer thank you june thank you for joining us for regold's dance life podcast learn more about joining the international dance entrepreneurs association the dance life teacher conference and the dance life retreat center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 